Friends, on our way into the spiritual encouragement this morning, I want to do something a little different. I am headed to the text. We're going to get there. Believe me, we will. But I want us to take a minute to honor this morning those who have served in our nation's armed forces. Uh, this Memorial Day weekend, we honor primarily those who have given their lives in battle. But we also know there is tremendous value in all of the service that you who have been in the military uh, gave through your lived lives. And we are grateful, grateful indeed for it. If you are a veteran of any branch of the United States military, would you stand now and receive the love and thanks of this congregation? We do thank you indeed. These who have stood among us are they who, by their dedication and perseverance and courage, have allowed those of us who are citizens of the United States the privilege to try to live into the pledge that we say each time our flag of the nation is brought to the front of the room. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If we shortened the pledge to just the first clause, it would be easier for school children to memorize. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. That would be easier to remember, wouldn't it? But it would be terrible if we would do that because if we did that, we would lose something very important. We don't get the gist of what we mean by it until we get into the rest of the pledge. It means something vastly different if we just say, I pledge my allegiance to the country. We don't say in our pledge, my country, right or wrong. We say something deeply more significant than that. Instead, we pledge ourselves to active participation in a republic that takes work on the part of individuals. Dictatorships are hard to live under, but they're simple. All you do is what you're told. But in this country, we all have a part in deciding what we will do together. America takes loving, hard work. We take responsibility for creating and maintaining unity in the face of all the centrifugal forces that work to separate us and keep us at odds with each other. We work for unity. We promise to look to our higher power, what in the Metropolitan Community Churches we call God of many names, for the guidance and wisdom and courage required to maintain that unity and even to be good neighbors to those who live in other countries. For above all, we pledge ourselves to do what we can to expand freedom, that precious commodity of the heart that the Apostle Paul spends so much time in his writings talking about. And we pledge ourselves to seek justice, the concept that we inherit from our Jewish forebears in the faith that says all should have enough 
and no one should be without the power to acquire all that they need. Wouldn't it be a shame if we gave up the rest of the Pledge of Allegiance in order to keep it to a tweetable size? I counted the characters. You cannot tweet the Pledge of Allegiance. And thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for our loving our country requires so much more than just blind allegiance. Now as we turn to our gospel lesson for the morning, I urge you to treat it in the same way that we just treated the pledge. It is important for us to hear the whole lesson, not just the piece that we're accustomed to hearing. We're accustomed to hearing just that first sentence. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That ever been used by a Sunday school teacher to shame you? You ever heard a sermon based on that where you walked out feeling more shame than praise? If we leave ourselves just at that one sentence, we miss all of the promises that Christ gives us afterwards that make us feel that we might actually be able to hope we could possibly keep Christ's commandments. If all we ever hear is that first sentence, then we miss something essential that we'll need going forward. If we just listen to that first sentence, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, I believe that we will stay forever brokenhearted at our inability to live into that calling. Even boiled down to their essential ingredients, the commandments of Christ's can seem daunting indeed. When Jesus was pressed for an answer about which was the greatest of all the commandments, what did he say? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Right? When somebody was pressing him for a bumper sticker theology, he gave them instead a nuanced model for how to live life. It's about developing relationships and loving yourself in the process. It's beautiful, but it's hard. Now, I want to love God, the God of creation. I want to love my neighbor. I want even to love the hardest of all, myself. Some days, though, are easier than others. Now, I had a really good day this week. I had an amazing day. I drove to Dallas and back to enjoy cheering LaShonda Stamps and her teammates from Lee High School and all of the participants in the state Special Olympics uh, competition. What a blessing that was for me. <laughs> to drive to and from Dallas just was good for me. It's easy to love the God of creation as I watch the live oaks of the Bayou Country give way to the red oaks of the rolling hills between our two great cities. It's easy to love the God of creation as I look out over pastures full of black Angus cattle grazing in fields of green. Mike Bozeman, my husband, grew up in a meatpacking uh, family. We think cow manure smells like money at our house. Uh, 
it, it, it's a very comforting thing to us to see cattle on a thousand hills. It's easy to love the God of creation as I look up into a big old Texas sky, blue big enough to accommodate wispy clouds of white that promise someday we're going to get some rain. Pinks and purples as the day progresses, yellows, reds, and oranges as it wanes, and finally, that glorious, rich restfulness of dark blackness. It's easy to love God on a long, leisurely drive. And it's easy to love my neighbor when my neighbors are those, like those special Olympians who have overcome great adversity to achieve and give away such joy in the process. It's easy to love my neighbors when they're the kind of folk who reach out to people in need to lend a hand. It was easy to love the law enforcement officers who ran all the way from Austin to Dallas to raise money for Special Olympics. Easy to give them high fives as they came into the stadium. Easy to love my neighbor, to love the coaches and the family members and all of the friends who had come out to support folks and to create space for achievement for those with special needs. It was easy to love my neighbor then. And it was easier than usual to love myself when I returned home that night to a warm welcome from Mike that made me believe once again that I am uniquely precious to him and to the God who gave us to each other. Thanks be to God for days like that. Days that remind us of goodness and beauty from the cosmos all the way down to the deep recesses of our own hearts. Those days make it easier to handle the days like the one last week that I had when I heard news of how our sisters and brothers at Spirit of Christ MCC in Joplin had survived the storm, but so, so many of their neighbors did not. And I looked up at the God of creation and wondered how to pray. What do you do with God on days like that day? On those days, I need the advocate that Jesus promised us in the rest of the gospel lesson. The advocate who will remind me that God answers prayers in the ways we need them answered, not always in the ways we want them answered. I need someone who will whisper to my heart again that the God of love didn't save others and leave others to die. God saved each into future life. Some on this earth and some at home in heaven with the angels. I need the advocate to remind me of that in those days. And there are surely days when I need the advocate to help me love my neighbors. I heard a story this week about gay folks who had forgotten all that we have been through and allowed themselves to be disrespectful of transgender people. And in that moment, I bristled at the injustice perpetrated by these who only just a little while ago had found their own freedom. In those moments, I have to look outside myself for love. I can't find it quickly inside. I need the advocate to remind me who I am, to remind me that I am in the business of loving all my neighbors 
as they come. So often the advocate shows up in the person of one of you, as she did yesterday when I talked with one of our members. I had that story in my head and I was wondering what in the world to do with my anger over that. And this man came to my office and among the many things we said to each other, he said, Reverend Harry, what I love about this place is that when I walk in here, I know gender and race and orientation don't matter. Everyone is welcome at Resurrection MCC. On such days, I am grateful to the Advocate, the Holy Spirit of God, for being there to remind me not to be discouraged by those who fail to love, but to be encouraged by those who love so beautifully well. I thank God for Christ's promise that I'm not an orphan wandering without love through this veil of tears and dependent upon my own righteousness for salvation. I am infused with the spirit of Christ that our sisters and brothers in Joplin have taken as the namesake for their MCC congregation. I am part of the God of creation who is working to reshape and remake and redeem this world God loves so much. What a comfort that is on the days I realize it is not others who need to be reshaped and redeemed and made new so much as it is my own gay self. On those days when my failures and shortcomings make me wonder if I should just lay the name of Christian down, it is then the advocate comes to remind me that just as I am not cut off without mama or daddy God, or brother Christ, or sister spirit, they don't want me to cut myself off from them either. I am part of the body, part of all that is loved by God. Far from being cut off, I'm invited to stay attached. I'm invited to stay attached and to receive from this communion table the life-giving blood flow that will heal me when I'm the one who needs healing. I need to stay attached to this table from which we receive the nourishment of bread that keeps me growing, growing. Even though now I have achieved an age at which muscles and hair are beginning to fall away, I am growing still, and so are you. Oh, the majesty of God in whom we live and move and have our being. The glory of God is bright enough to light my path out of my own failures. The love of God is broad enough to overwhelm my fears of what might happen and help me to love those who seem unlovable. The wisdom of God is able to provide direction when my own senses are not up to the task. Therefore, I am able to find confidence I am confident that I'm capable of living into the commandments of Christ to love God, my neighbor, and even myself because I am not alone in that work. I am led by the one who created the heavens and the earth. I am loved and forevermore forgiven and redeemed by the one who died for me and rose to lead me to heaven and eternal life. And I am inspired and taught and comforted by the one who is an advocate for me 
with God, with Christ, and for them, with me. I do not worship an idol made by hands. I live in awe-filled gratitude deep in the bosom of God. It is God in whom I live and move and have my being. Thanks. Oh, thanks be to God.